It's a little bag made from the skin of a toad. Does it matter? She, she's tampering in dark-sided stuff. Yet in our own supremely rational time, there has been a dramatic rebirth of the ancient arts of witchcraft. You're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast with Devin Hunter. And welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Hunter. Uh, and it has been a while, but I want to welcome you to season eight of the show. Uh, there are some incredible things that um, are in the works, and I think that you're going to enjoy it. Um, and I intend on having many more shows than just 10 this season. So uh, if you've been jonesing for a new one, uh, we totally have you covered. Uh, there has been a lot going on in my life. Uh, part of it, you know, of course, I've been writing books, um, going through my Saturn return, and uh, that's over. Thank the gods. Um, and uh, I lost my father, which that's that was really kind of shitty. But, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And what this has all led to is just it, no time. I've had no time to, you know, work on the show or put new shows out or even energy really to, to be honest with you to like, make the calls and do the stuff to get interviews and set those things up. It's all a lot of work. Um, and I love doing it. Um, I, I totally enjoy the the process of, of writing the show and, and working on the show and uh, editing it and everything. But at the same time, like I said, it's a lot of work. Um, and so what we've what we're doing now is uh, sh- shifting things so that we can be more consistent. Uh, we can have more episodes coming out. And, uh, you know, the obstacles that were kind of getting in the way aren't really there anymore. Um, so yeah, I wrote four books, uh, the witch's book of power. You've already heard about, cause we, we did talk about them on the show before. Um, but it has two brothers or sisters or whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, the witch's book of spirits and the witch's book of mysteries, which will come out in May. Uh, these are kind of a, it's, it's, it's the series that I, unintentionally wrote. Um, and I actually had gone to Llewellyn many years ago with the idea of doing a modern witch book. Um, and they loved the idea, but it, what I wanted to do was going to be a quite expensive as far as the product goes. And so they were like, look, we like this idea, um, but we need you to write something else first before we, before we, you know, invest all this money in this project and do all of this work. We, we need to know that people are going to like what you have to say. Um, so that led me into writing the witch's book of power. And then before I knew it, there were, there was a series that was needing to be written and needing to be taken care of. And I was signing contracts to, to, make that happen. So I got caught in this kind of creative spiral where I finished one book. And then while I was waiting for it to come out, I would write another book. And then I would write another book after that. It was really kind of crazy. I don't recommend it. Um, but it, it took so much time. It took so much energy. And it kept me kind of in a place where there wasn't enough of me to go around. Um, and then during this time, my father uh fell really ill. He had uh, diabetes and there were so many complications. And um, I watched my father over the course of a few years just kind of disintegrate. Um, and he eventually passed away this last fall. And, you know, when that happens, it's, it's, it's big. It's stuff that you have to pay attention to. It's stuff that you have to take care of. And the fallout from that, uh, just can totally, you know, change and alter the course of your life. And that's exactly what happened with me. So, uh, I, 
luckily I was, I can say, you know, compared to what I hear a lot of other people, um, what they go through with, with this process, you know, I was really lucky about four months before my father passed away. He just randomly called me. Um, and this was after he had had a really intense surgery and he was recovering and, uh, he called me and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know that I think you're the neatest guy in the world. And that completely, I mean, I knew in a weird way, like that was him saying goodbye, like, you know, cause he, I, I think he was in a place where he was worried, um, that that was going to happen sooner than later. Um, and hearing him, you know, just kind of tell me I was the neatest guy and that he loved and respected me that changed the world. Um, and that I think actually gave me the strength to deal with the things that came next. And so I, you know, I, I got to tell you folks, if hold on to the ones you love, let them know that they're special because you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, hearing that from my father, it gave me peace, you know, and it's given me the ability to move through, um, some of this darker stuff that's happened in, in life since. And, um, but it's also put me in this place of knowing that, it, you know, just kind of the importance of the things that we build and the things that we create in our life. And the show is one of those things for me. Um, you know, I started recording it in a bathroom because it was the kind of the only room in the house I could get all the doors closed and, and, and get the, the silence enough. I think my, one of my first interviews was actually with, with Good Day Parma in my bathroom. We were sitting in the bathroom recording it. Um, you know, and we moved it, um, over the years into something that's actually a pretty, it, it's, it got to be a pretty big production, actually. Um, and that production just kind of took over. Uh, but, uh, now we've found new ways and new equipment, new things. And so, you know, getting really excited to be here. Um, but this is one of those things that I built and I, uh, poured myself into for so many years and for so many episodes. And, you know, it's just too precious to, to go away. And a really big reminder of this, this last couple of years has been, you know, while I was going through all this stuff and I was dealing with my father and family fallout and all of the other insane stuff that was going on, writing books and touring and uh, owning a shop. I now, I own, now own part of the mystic dream. And so um, it, there's a lot of work, um, you know, that was going on and through all of this and all of the stress and all of the um, underworld stuff that I was dealing with, I, I couldn't go to a witchy or pagan function and not run into people who knew me from the show and to be able to connect with you and to be able to hear your kind words, you know, honestly, it just gave me life to know that the community was still there. Um, and not only was it there, it was growing, um, that there were people who were listening and were running out of episodes, uh, and were, uh, you know, emailing me saying, Hey, when are we going to get more? All of that mattered. It really, really did. It gave me life. It, it gave me courage and strength. And it helped me feel not so alone while I was going through my journey and my process. And I, I just can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, people who listen to the show, you, you are the world to me. You really, truly are. We've built this insane community. Um, and I, again, I never expected it to be this big. I never expected it to become what it's become. Um, and now we're in this place where like, there's, there's so many of us that we need to start networking more. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of fun ideas and, and things uh, in the works, but for now, I'm just filled with gratitude. Uh, I'm filled with love for my listeners. I'm filled with love for the people who have stuck around for eight years. Uh, and I, I just look forward to creating more with you and to doing more with you. Uh, and to that end, um, a little secret. So it's not really, I guess it's so much a secret anymore. But I have a fourth book that's coming out in January 
that's called Modern Witch. Um, and it is literally a kind of my love letter to you. This, like I said, this was the book that I had gone to Llewellyn and said, Hey, I want to write this. And they were like, no, this is going to be pricey. And it's because I wanted it to be full color. It had to be, um, you know, look a certain way. It had to be full of photos. It had to be something that I felt really represented what we do here in modern witch on the show and our, you know, in our talks and our communities. And I wanted it to represent what witchcraft actually looks like in the 21st century. Not necessarily, you know, you go on, you go on Etsy, you see all the, the interesting things people are doing. I wasn't talking about that. I'm talking about like, you know, you get a spell book and you open up a page and it's just kind of a recipe. And then that's it. There's, there's really, it's like, what is this supposed to look like when it's done? Right. Like, so, oh, you're going to make a doll. Well, what is that supposed to look like when it's done? You're going to carve a candle. What is this supposed to look like? How, what's the step here? I don't understand how to turn this thing and do it this way. And how do I fold that? You know, all of those things when we're reading books, um, we kind of take it for granted as, as authors. And I knew that. And so. I wanted to create a pictorial uh, project that was representative of the things that we do here, like I said, on Modern Witch, the practices that we have as Modern Witches, and uh, Llewellyn agreed to it. So it, it's it been about uh, two years, actually, of working on this this project because it is so big. It is so massive. And I think that when it's printed, it's going to be um, like this, this really pretty small thing um, or smaller thing compared to all of the work that's gone into it. Um, and it's definitely easy. I mean, you know. I think there's like 45,000 words in this, in this, uh, in Modern Witch, and the other books are like about 90,000. So it's about half of the writing, but easily triple the work, um, to, to make Modern Witch happen. But folks, it's happening. So finally, um, it, this thing is going to be out and it's going to come out in January of 2020. So. We've got uh, not that long, actually, and we're going to have a whole new addition to the Modern Witch family. And I'm so excited, so, so excited um, to have it. Now, the thing that's going to, I think, really make it stick out compared to other books, not just because it's got all these great photos that I took personally, um, but because it's a formulary. And so I didn't want it to just be a regular spell book. I wanted it to be a formulary that was going to really help out Modern Witches because this is the work that we do. So uh, we break things down into what I call the five enchantments, which are love magic, um, healing magic, prosperity, protection, and divination. And we break them down into correspondences and how to mix the correspondences to get what you want. Um, I give you base oils and then seven different, or I think it's, it's right now it's seven that might change, um, seven different variations on those oils. I mean, there's insane amounts of stuff that's in there. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm, I'm excited to have it out there. I'm excited to uh, represent Modern Witch in that way. Um, and I hope that you will like it too. So that'll be coming out in uh, January. In the meantime, we have the Witch's Book of Mysteries that'll be coming out in May. And so I'm just kind of right now gearing up for that and getting everything ready. And I have no doubt that it's going to lead to some interesting discussions here on the show. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And as, as we get closer, I'll let you know more about it. Um, but for now, uh, just know that I've been busy and I, I'm absolutely in love with all of you. Um, but I've been really freaking busy and there has been a lot going on in my life, but it doesn't mean that I don't want to be here. And it doesn't mean that I've given up on the show because I certainly haven't. Um, it just means that things had to change. Priorities had to shift. And now I'm in a place where I can shift those easily. Um, one of the things was that, you know, scheduling is kind of a nightmare when you work for yourself. 
Um, and so uh, now that things are a little bit more stable in that area, I definitely, and people aren't dying and there's no books to write, um, I definitely can do uh, time. I have time now. It's kind of insane. So I can do the show again and it's kind of fantastic. So uh, really excited about it, but it's it took a lot of work kind of in the background of my life just to be like, okay, how do we make this happen? Because again, you know, when somebody passes away, you start to evaluate things and and what do you love and and what did, what are you building and creating? And I was like, well, of course, it's Modern Witch. I have to, I have to go spend energy there um, because it's time. And so now we can make those things happen. We have an incredible season ahead, actually. Um, it's probably going to be the best yet. Um, not just because, you know, we've got uh, a lot of juju and juice going into this season, but because we've got some incredible things that are happening. So the first thing that's, I think, super incredible is that we are going to have Jess Carlson on the show as a co-host. Um, you may know her as Rowan Pendragon. So she was my co-host uh, for like two seasons, um, not just for the shows that you're seeing on this feed, but there we actually have a second feed um, that has around like 30 shows on it. Um, and that was when Jess and I were doing a weekly show on blog talk radio. And it was a freaking nightmare uh, just because blog talk radio is a nightmare. And then, you know, doing it weekly, it was hard. And so it was like two hours a week. And, um, blog talk radio. So that's all I have to say. Um, and so we, uh, we, we ran from that. Um, and then we ended up going our own ways. And so believe it or not, so seven years ago, seven years ago, um, that she was on the show and the show has been around for, I think about nine years. And so, uh, she was here for a while. And then again, you know, we kind of went our own ways. Um, and we haven't actually really talked a whole lot in about seven years. And a couple of months ago, uh, we kind of, you know, start struck up conversation and we started talking uh, about the possibility of her coming back on the show. And next thing we knew it was happening and we were recording and it was awesome. So I actually have, I have a couple of shows in the bank ready to, to drop, which I'm excited about. Uh, and Rowan is Rowan. I can't, I can't do that folks. Jess, her name is Jess. Now we're going to talk about that uh, in the next episode, but Jess will be here uh, for the next two episodes and then she'll be coming in and out of the season um, as a co-host. So we are very happy to have her back for sure um and then of course storm will be back around as a co-host he's he's too lovable not to have around um and i adore having those witchy conversations with him and recording them for you guys so he'll totally be around um and of course interviews we've got well like i said it's probably going to be the best season yet so who i'm really excited about um that are just you know they're already in the queue they're ready to go um we have an interview with joshua kunkel who is a writer for the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So he's actually uh, one of the witches who helps write the show. And he, he told me that there actually are a couple of them on the team, which is great. Um, but if you have seen the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, he wrote the episode with the exorcism. Um, which is episode six. And that, that was his show. And it was kind of freaking phenomenal. I mean, people were writing blog posts about this episode uh, that were just it, totally calling it out. It's like, oh, that's real witchcraft. It's one of those things like you watched it and you were like, a real witch had to have written that because that's that would work. Like this, this thing would work. And there's a couple of things like that in the show where you're like, a real witch had to have done that. Um, and so he's going to come on the show. He's going to talk about uh, writing Sabrina. He's going to talk about the characters, um, the, 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 sh- you know, the shift from the 90s Sabrina that, you know, if you're like me and you grew up in the 90s, she was on TGIF um, and moving into this kind of darker version. If you've read the graphic novels, uh, 
well, comics, I guess, um, they are, they're awesome. They're super dark, but at the same time, they don't go into nearly as much as they get to go into on the show. Um, so hold on to your broomsticks, um, and grab your black kitties, uh, because we've got Joshua, Con- Joshua Conkle is going to be on the show to talk about the, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. So that's going to be really cool. We also have, uh, Amy Blackthorn from Blackthorn's Botanical. She's going to be on, um, she is freaking awesome. I got to meet her at PantheaCon this year and I just adored her. She is this ball of energy and just, just, she's phenomenal. So I think that's going to translate really well, um, into audio. And I think you're going to pick that up as well. So she's, she's in the pipeline. Um, and we also have Matt Venus. He's going to be coming out. He's from Spiritus Arcanum. Uh, he's one of those Salem witches that, uh, we always hear about, but we don't always get to talk to. And he's kind of phenomenal. Um, not just for the work that he's doing right now, but kind of where he's headed and in his trajectory of things. I, I think he is part of a new generation of Salem witches who are kind of over the drama. And that was one thing that Salem was really well known for was you could always go get your witch drama in Salem. And there seems to be the last couple of years, um, since certain, you know, things have changed that there's just way less drama happening in Salem. The witches are getting along and he's one of those people who's, you know, kind of making inroads there. Um, so in addition to his incredible oils, his incredible fetishes and, and the other things that he does, um, we're going to be talking about life in Salem. And so that's going to be cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, so many more. So we've got uh, all kinds of amazing things lined up and I'm looking forward to bringing those things to you. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we're going to have some sideshows and this is really my, uh, this is one of the things that I've wanted to do for a really long time on the show. Uh, if you remember back, there was an episode where we had, uh, or I interviewed Evo Dominguez Jr. And it was kind of set up differently. It wasn't the traditional kind of interview. Um, there was a little bit of background music and it was just, it was a totally different thing. Um, and it was inspired by Radio Lab because I listened to a lot of, 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 talk radio. And, um, as you might imagine, and, uh, it was inspired by some of the really cool work that was coming out of that studio at the time. And so, um, I, I loved doing it because it was just a different type of show and we got to approach things in a, in a totally different way. It sounded more intimate. It made it feel more, uh, kind of investigative-y. And so we're going to be doing some sideshows where I get to do that. They'll be a little shorter and, um, I'll get to put my teacher hat on and actually get into some how-to stuff, um, that we don't usually do on the show. Cause usually we're, you know, we're, we tend to be focused more on the life and style aspect of, of life and as a witch. Um, but we're going to get to, to do some of these, you know, sideshows, which are going to give us the ability to break into uh, some more luxury, classy kind of things. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, it, you know, there's going to be some bonus content as well. So I've got meditations and affirmations and guided rituals. Um, and then there's stuff from the books. So this is going to be a fun season. I think that we're going to do all kinds of crazy stuff together. And I think we're going to go places. So welcome. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. Um, and I'm glad that we're going to be doing this. So that's really, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the gist of what I wanted to talk about. Um, before we get into listener email, there's a couple of, of people who've been waiting for a response and I'm going to get to that finally. Um, so we're going to take a break. And on the flip side, we are going to break into some listener email and, uh, well, hopefully answer some questions that some of you listeners have had. We'll be back right after this break. <laughs> 
Hey there, thanks for listening to The Modern Witch. I just want to take a moment and talk to you about some of the incredible things we have going on over at the Mystic Dream Academy, namely Black Rose Witchcraft. Storm, Chaz, and myself have created this online training program that fuses the best of modern traditional witchcraft, folk magic, American conjure, and psychic development into one system that is accessible to everyone. Right now, Black Rose has over 300 members and a growing body of initiates. That means the forums are full, there are loads of people who are learning at the same pace as you, and there is a nice backlog of additional content. Our Book of Shadows comes in two versions, an easy-to-print black and white and a full-color illustrated PDF that I designed personally. I spent years looking for a coven and tradition that was a good fit for my lifestyle and that wasn't full of a bunch of strings that were attached to everything. With Black Rose, you know our expectations and we know yours. Visit us online at blackrosewitchcraft.com for more info. Now back to the show. And welcome back to the show. Uh, so it's time for listener email. These are emails that I've gotten over the last, I don't know, I actually, one of them is about a year and a half old. Um, people will email the show. And of course, you know, things have been kind of crazy. Um, and so I try to just respond to them through email. Uh, and I thought I was pretty good at that. But, um, you know, regardless of kind of what was going on, but there were some things that fell through the cracks. And so as I was skimming through that folder... I realized today uh, when I went to go sit down to do the show that there were actually some people who had res- who had sent me an email and I didn't get a chance to respond, um, probably because I had the intention of, of saying it on the show or, or bringing it up on the show. Um, so I do apologize if you are somebody who has been waiting. I am going to try to get to everything. Um, these are the three that I found that fell through the cracks. But, you know, again, I w- love hearing from you. So you can always shoot us over an email at modernwitchpodcast at gmail.com. And um, I love hearing from you. I love, uh, you know, getting your questions. And and this is a wonderful format to get some of those questions answered. So if you do have questions about witchcraft or spirit or being psychic or uh, any of the crazy weird shit we do, you know, shoot me an email. I'd love to try to re- respond and help you out if I can, because chances are, if you have those questions, somebody else has those as well. And it gives me the ability to, again, kind of wear my teacher hat versus just the, my pop culture hat. Um, and so I love when I get to do that. So why not pitch in? So again, you know, email your questions to modernwitchpodcast at gmail.com and uh, I will totally help you out if I can. Um, All right, so I've got three for you today, and this will kind of get our season kicked off here. Um, The first one is from Amy in Minnesota. She says, I think my son might have a spirit attachment, and I'm not sure how to take care of it without scaring him any more than he already is. He has night terrors, sees shadowy figures in his room, and says he feels sick when it happens. Any advice would be helpful. So first of all, Amy, I want to totally commend you for being concerned about scaring your child. This is huge uh, because I can't tell you. Actually, you're the first. You're the first parent I've met who has been concerned about scaring their child. Um, I've do house calls all the time. I I've even done you know uh, house calls to child care centers. Like I mean, and there there that's never the, really the question. It's never really like this. This they're never worried about that. They just kind of want to know what's going on. They're not like necessarily worried about the safety of their kid. And I have to tell you, I mean, you know, I think probably all of us can assume this, but it, and it should go without saying, but this kind of stuff can create long lasting uh, effects on your child. 
And it totally can. I mean, psychologically, um, spiritually, just the whole nine yards. And so, I, again, I commend you for being concerned about scaring your son. Um, all parents should be worried about this um, because there are ways of, you know, approaching this without having to scare someone, especially a child. Uh, so, OK, so let's talk about those. Uh, I would say the first thing is you want to make sure that you're creating a dialogue with your child. You want him to be able to come to you if he's scared. You want him to be able to describe to you what his experiences are. So you said that he was getting sick. And what we want to know is, well, what type of sick? Is he getting like nauseous? Is he getting fevery? Is he just getting really tired? All of those things matter when we go to try to kind of diagnose the issue and try to figure out what's going on. Um, if it's something like, you know, he's getting weak then that tells us that something else is probably happening uh, versus if he was getting nauseous a lot, which usually does say, hey, there's a there's a spirit kind of around. Um, it, it just kind of all depends. So I would say make sure that you're really inviting that conversation of, uh, you know, between you and your son and have your son explain as much as he possibly can without it being a scary thing. So you shouldn't get too excited. It should just be very matter of fact and go, oh, okay, well, how does it feel when this happens? Um, what do you mean you what do you mean that you feel sick are you are you warm do you feel you know what we would say uh, pukey when I was a kid um, you know what is it and, and kind of figure those things out one of the things that I think is really important whenever we talk about this is that the physical symptoms are whether we're talking about illness or we're talking about um, just really kind of anything that we go through there's a f- spiritual symptom for every spiritual symptom it's like you know there, there's always something going on um, if you're somebody who deals with addiction then you're you're also kind of having a spirit battle uh, with the spirit of addiction um, and so you know we always have to take all of these things into consideration because uh, there are multiple approaches to fixing these things um, the first thing that I, I always ask people, you know, essentially is, you know, is there a history of abuse? Is there a history of mental illness? Is there a history of anything that would make us question um, what the person is experiencing? And what I mean by question isn't that we don't want to believe them necessarily. It's that we want to allow our we want to allow ourselves to create that frame of mind so that we understand what they're experiencing. People who are abused um, tend to be more open to experiences, but more closed off to describing these experiences. That makes sense, right? Uh, people who are seeking attention are usually very, very uh, just open about what their experiences are, and they are full of details and so on and so forth. Um, and and we just want to know what's going on. So you know, I'm going to take the road that your son is actually having uh, experiences that are psychically rooted. Um, and so again, you know, create that dialogue, understand where they're at. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you Sage and Palo Santo and all those things. They don't, they're, they're pieces of a bigger working tool set that we need when we go to handle these things. Um, as I've said on the show before, you know, like Sage has a chemical in it that when you burn it, it can actually produce anxiety. That's why I think it works. Um, that's why I think it does what it does. But if you have, so if you have anxiety, you don't want to burn Sage because that's going to hurt you. Right. Um, and it's also one of those things that it doesn't, Actually, it's not a one size fit all thing. It's not a one cure all kind of thing. And we tend to just go, oh, grab the sage and I'll smudge it away. It's not necessarily going to help you every single time. I, I, you know, it'll help in the moment. Maybe it might shift some energy. But if there's a root problem, there's a root problem. We still have to take care of that. Um, so, you know, again, 
if if we think the person is mentally sound and they they are in a stable you know place and they're having an authentic experience, um, then we want to move into the air the realm of giving them tools that they themselves can use in the moment to take care of the situation. And what I mean by this is. Um, when, like for instance, when I was a child, I would have all kinds of creepy experiences with spirits. Um, and my mom had the stuff that she called monster spray. And she, it was like, it was totally just air freshener when she put a sticker on, but that was monster spray. And the monsters went away when she came in with the, into that room with the monster spray. And I was having real psychic experiences, but something shifted in me that just kind of shut it off. And, and it was all mental, of course. Right. And so what I tell my clients to do when this stuff is happening, I tell them to go get, you know, some liquid smudge and to, to give their child the bottle of liquid smudge, you know, it's not going to hurt them. Um, and there's no chemicals in it. It's just, it's, you know, it's usually uh, sage oil and some lavender oil suspended in water. Um, and you know, you get a little spritz bottle and you have them just sit it next to their bed. And then when they feel worried or they feel concerned, they can go grab the monster spray and, and spray around. Um, and it usually helps like a charm. It usually helps like a charm. This is easy to do with kids, not necessarily easy to do with adults, but that is a, a really good first step with the kid. Now, the other thing to do is something that we also kind of, we also, we totally laugh at. We, we, we just kind of go, oh, it's new age, blah, uh, white lighting. So that's a total valid practice. That's why all of these people do it. Just because it says white light doesn't mean that it's not witchy, right? Um, and so you can teach your son to white light himself. You can do it together before he goes to bed or before he goes into a, you know, uh, the, the time period of the day where he's likely to have an experience. You can do that with him so he's prepared and then show him how to do it on his own so that if he needs to, he can then white light his room or he can white light his bed. Um, and it just gives him the power. Right? So much of what we deal with with spirits is, is just, it's like a power dynamic struggle and it doesn't need to be. Um, and so if you give your son those tools, tools, this should help, you know, big time and making it, you know, kind of stop. The big thing with kids, I would say, is that most of the time it isn't a spirit. It's it's usually that there is some sort of poltergeist activity happening. Uh, and if that is the case, then you really do want to teach more control techniques and more grounding techniques um, than you do want to necessarily go on the, the big defense with things. And the reason being that you're just going to make it worse. If you put a bunch of protections up and you put a bunch of that kind of stuff up, you're just going to trap the energy. It's not going to be able to go anywhere. Um, and if it is a matter of like a poltergeist, then your home just becomes this incubator for crazy shit. Um, and so it's not always a good idea to put a bunch of protections up. It's not always a good idea to trap things in a location um, because stuff happens. Um, and so in that case, um, you know, you can also so uh, move through and, and have your son start working with his spirit guides and his guardians. You know, we all have spirits that protect us. We all have uh, spirits that are guiding us through this life. And if we're not reaching out to them for help, then they're not necessarily always going to know to intervene. Right. And I know that sounds silly. You're thinking, well, the, the guide should know that my son is scared. And I'm totally with you on that. But if there is no psychic connection there, it's not going to happen. If, the, if that link isn't open on both ways, it's, it's it's way more difficult for those things to, to you know, to actually go down. Um, it does tend to be, though, that children are protected naturally by those spirits and by those things. I know I was one of those kids that was protected. I just didn't have the words to understand what was happening at the time. Um, but without question, you know, absolutely. The big thing we have to worry about 
is that if it is a spirit attachment, then speaking of spirit guides, um, it's, it's what's happening with that person and their energy body is exactly the same thing that is happening with a person and a spirit guide. The connection has to kind of happen on both ends. And so when we see these like movies where, you know, people are getting possessed and, you know, all of the, the pea soup stuff is happening and blood and gore and blood and gore. What, what's really, what what's they're kind of speaking to is that, you know, there's a spirit that has come into this person's body and has taken over, but spirits can't just like show up and just like bump you over. Like it's not like you're like on a bus, you know what I mean? And so we have to make room for them in our lives and our minds for that to happen. Um, you know, it's think of addiction, right? So I, I always use this because it's such a great reference. There is a spirit that is associated with addiction and we have to treat the physical addiction. We have to treat the mental addiction, but we also have to treat the spiritual problem, which is that there's a spirit attachment. There is a thing happening. Um, and it, we can't just, you know, clip one wing, you got to do it all. And so you have to go get the the mental support. You have to go get the physical therapy. You have to be able to get the spiritual therapy in order to really take care of these problems. And what we tend to do when we think of spirit attachments is that you have somehow fallen victim to some sort of predatory spirit. And that is absolutely possible, but incredibly unlikely. Um, incredibly unlikely that those things happen quick. Um, it, it's usually if there is some sort of spirit attachment like that, that's malevolent. Um, it, the de- degradation of the person happens very, very quickly. Uh, they get sick. They die quickly. They, uh, pull away from society. There are major changes in mood and attitude. Um, and th- again, there's usually some sort of sickness involved. So there's, you know, the chances of you just having an, like some shitty little spirit that found you in the grocery store is super, super rare. The chances of you picking up a spirit by touching the Ouija board, super, super freaking rare. And so all of those things, when we give entertainment and when we, when we give them space in our mind, we give an avenue for that frequency to manifest. And, and this is why we go through all of this stuff in witchcraft about being Conscious of what we think about and being conscious of the way that we are, in, you know, essentially connecting to energies. Um, so, you know, if this is a spirit attachment, you are going to have to approach it in kind of the three pronged approach, mind, body, spirit. Okay. And you want to think about this, this, you know, the spiritual repercussions, the spiritual thing that's happening. When you think about the mental thing that's happening and you think about the physical thing that's happening, all three of those parts have to be uh, together in order for us to move forward on anything, especially the big stuff when it comes to healing or psychic protection, you know, so on and so forth. You can't cast a protection spell on yourself if, you know, so that you don't, um, you know, get, I don't know, mugged at a bar, um, and then go to a biker bar that's known for people to get mugged. Like it's, it, you're, you're, you're just setting yourself up for that thing to happen, right? So don't do that. The whole point is to remove the odds. And so if you increase them, it's not really going to work. Um, and so those things are very important. Now, the flip side of that is you can look at, I'm going to hear, I'm going to pitch my book, The Witch's Book of Spirits. And in there, there is um, some uh, Hakate blessings. There's some uh, magical things that you can do to protect your son. Um, and, you know, from everything from uh, working with the keys that are in that book to um, getting really down and dirty and sealing the house up from spirits, all that's in the book. And so you can do that if you need to. 
I would recommend starting with some of that easier, simple stuff, giving your son the tools that he needs. Um, and if it's something that you feel you don't understand yourself, I recommend getting a medium um, to come in and take a look. Somebody who you can trust, somebody who comes with a lot of recommendations. Very, very important. You vet your mediums um, and have them come into your home and actually take a look uh, because sometimes you just got to take a look under the hood. You know, um, so again, thank you so much for emailing that question. I think that a lot of people have, have kind of asked that question or have thought about it. Um, and you, you got to you bring it on the show. So thank you so much for sending us that email. Um, the next email is, uh, well, it's a fun one. Um, so this is actually from an, an anonymous person and, uh, this is what they say. And a video on YouTube, on your YouTube channel, you did a curse on an accused rapist. I thought this was a totally stupid thing to do and makes this all, it makes all of us real witches look bad, regardless of what he did. Stop trying to get likes and learn a thing or two about what you claim to practice. Um, okay, anonymous. Uh, so there really is, I don't have a rebuttal to that other than, um, have fun with that. I, I mean, the guy it was more than just an accused rapist. He admitted to it and he admitted to developing practices that allowed men to um, put women in circumstances where they were more likely to be raped. Um, and so he is a predator and he was teaching other men to be predators and people like that don't um, they just don't deserve the same level of, uh, I said, handling as some of these other people, namely the people who are um, not doing that shit. So, you know, it's it's one of these things where I don't really feel bad about it. And um, I know some people weren't happy about it. I don't really care, guys. I, I, the, the law couldn't do anything to him. Um, and so it, it's one of those things where people are being victimized. The law has no recourse to help them. And that is bullshit. And that's why witches exist. At least part of why we exist is to help people who can't otherwise find help. And so if we could do something to make his life harder, to make it harder for him to attack women and to teach other men how to attack women, I'm all for that. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, next one is is uh, a little less bitchy. Um, this is from Kara. And this this is one of those ones that had come through and um, I thought I had responded to, but I hadn't. Um, and so I'm going to try to do that now. This is from Kara in Indiana. She says, hello, I've just started listening to the show. Love it, by the way. I was wondering if you had any advice on how to find like-minded people that are close to my area. Uh, I remember you saying you were from Ohio and I live in Indiana and it's very hard to find people or events, even stores close to me. Thanks for your help. So it, it is hard. It's super hard, especially if you live like in the Midwest. Um, it tends to be that they're like the West, like the West Coast and the East Coast are loaded with magic shops. You can't really go too far without finding one um, within like a two hour drive or so. And in the Midwest, I remember, um, you know, I grew up uh, probably 45 minutes, 50 minutes away from Cincinnati. And so uh, you'd think there would be a lot of stores and there weren't. We, we did have one local store and, of course, ended up working for it. Um, and that gave me the foot into meeting a lot of people and, and understanding um, what that local community was all about. But 
it wasn't easy. You know, I mean, it absolutely wasn't easy. Luckily, we do have some resources. So uh, there's witchfox.com, which has been kind of the resource, the place to go and find these things out for over 10 years. Um, it's kind of like witchcraft's best kept secret, actually. Um, there's there's incredible like blogs that are up on there. Um, and there's lists. People can go on and list themselves as like a local resource. Shops can do that. Groups can do that. Uh, it's, it's really cool. So you can actually find, you know, by state and then by county. Like it's, it's pretty neat. So check that out. I would just, again, it's witchvoxvox.com. Um, and it's, it's a great place to find those things. You can also, believe it or not, use Facebook for this. So Facebook has, um, they've got groups and they've got events. And so, uh, you can find local events just by searching keywords, which is a really cool thing. Um, and you can also find local groups that way. So, uh, I found a bunch of, of, uh, Bay area pagan groups, um, in the, you know, um, on Facebook. Um, and then when I do stuff in Ohio, I'm still connected to some of those Facebook groups for like Southern Ohio pagans and so on and so forth. So, you know, there are there are ways of, of kind of using that horrible system to your advantage, because, um, you know, let's face it, Facebook isn't the greatest institution. Um, and then there's also meetups. So you can go on meetup.com and usually you can find where local groups are doing their thing. You know, it's not easy um, it, when you are practicing and you are craving um, like-minded people. It, it's just, it's not easy because it, it makes you feel more isolated. It makes you feel more alone on this path that you're already feeling alone on. And that's something that is, it's hard to remedy. One of the best ways to remedy this though, and chances are if you're feeling this way, other people are feeling that way too. And so sometimes, and this, I'm not putting this on your, your shoulders, Kara, as something that you have to do. Um, maybe Kara, I'm sorry, it might be Kara. Uh, but uh, it, this isn't necessarily something you have to do, but it may be something you want to consider, which is you taking on the mantle of organizing something. Um, it, it's, you know, a lot of the meetups and a lot of things that happen, happen at local coffee shops or they happen at a park and you don't have to, make it a big deal or, or put big signs up or any of those other things, but you can put the word out that, Hey, if you're a local pagan or you're a local witch or your local occultist, and you're looking for like-minded people, we all get together every third Thursday at this coffee shop. And we, you know, we drink and we talk about stuff. Um, it, you know, those are great ways of, of meeting people, of fielding people, because you never know who, you know, is going to come over to your house kind of a thing. Like if you just invite random people over. So it's a great way of getting out there and testing the waters and making sure you're comfortable with the people that you going to meet because that's the other you know kind of thing i would often find myself um because i moved around a lot so i'd find myself landing in these communities just full of people i didn't want to hang out with and so you know and it, had i just kind of jumped in head first it probably would have been a really awkward situation um, but being able to dip my toe is always a good thing otherwise um you know you you want to look at um organizations that exist already like schools um or clubs and groups and so um like black rose witchcraft which is something that you know we started over here at the mystic dream academy um that has a good beautiful collection of people um who are all studying the same thing and everyone's learning and it's and it's a good environment because you've you've got that um just this kind of and, you know, it's all set up, right? It's set up to, to meet new people. It's set up to have friendships. It's set up to be working towards goals together. Um, and that's an important thing sometimes. So, you know, I know it isn't easy. Um, and I know that it can be really lonely out there, but at the same time, um, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's time to, to put something together and, and to get people to, you know, have a cup of coffee and talk about magic. 
that's always a good thing. Uh, yeah. So that's our show for the day, um, or at least for this episode. And like I so said, we'll be back next. Uh, the next episode is we're going to have Jess Carlson. It was called a Rowan again. We're going to have Jess Carlson on. Um, and we're going to be talking about like, authenticity and magic and kind of the current state of magic. And most, uh, I, I'd say a, a big part of the conversation ended up being about um, how we all have this feeling that we have to turn our, our hobby or our um, the thing that we love and we're inspired to do into a job, into a, like a side gig, um, and how often that happens in the case of witchcraft. So uh, some really, really interesting stuff uh, came out in that conversation, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Uh, in the meantime, I again, thank you so much for listening to the show and, and being who you are, uh, because without you... I would have had a really difficult year and you just mean the world to me. So thank you for listening. And I will see, well, I will, I won't see you, but you'll hear me in the next episode. And in the meantime, email me, let me know what you're thinking. Email me your questions. I would love to uh, respond in any way I can and help if possible. That email is modernwitchpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on all of the social medias. I am at Mr. Devin Hunter. And again, I will see you next week.